Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. everybody welcome to amigos i'm john and i'm aaron and today we're going to be talking about battle isle now aaron what is your experience with isles in general isles yeah well there's a spill in aisle seven. Oh, oh yeah i got a million of them i don't I, I, I'm, have you ever been on an island i'm trying to think if i ever have king's island that, that is that is not an island <laughs> uh, uh blanner hassett island yeah that is an island uh also fort sumner is that an island? You ever been to Fort Sumner? No. It's on an island uh, that's uh, right outside Charleston, uh, South Carolina. Okay. It was the very first battle uh, of the Civil War was mm. fought at Fort... At least it was certainly the first sea battle was fought at Fort... I, I visited the first place and the last battle of the Civil War. I've been to both places. Uh, beautiful. Beautiful area. Very historic, obviously. But in terms of big islands, I've never been to Hawaii. I mean, you've been to tons, right? Yeah, I've been Is to Japan. I've been to Japan. Japan on a yeah. Big island, right? <laughs> um, my favorite island. Uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite islands is Blennerhassett Island. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a hidden gem in West Virginia. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've toured the mansion. I've toured the uh, the, the grounds. I like or, riding. You rent a bicycle. You ride around there. Screw that. I walked it. I walked it. <laughs> can't can't afford to rent no bike. Yeah, it is expensive. <laughs> it's five dollars for half a day. The boat ride's nice out yeah. there. Yeah, you take you a know? take a ferry out there. Yeah, and uh, uh, boy, beautiful picnic areas mm-hmm. out there. It's funny though, uh, not to get too controversial, but I'm going. But I, we we took the tour of the facilities at at, at Blennerhassett Island, and the tour guide was talking about. We went to like they have like a slave quarters out there. We used to have right? right, and she and she was she was talking about what they did and what happened because you know the slaves here on Blennerhassett Island they were happy, they were cool with it. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure they <laughs> they, they the loved it. I doubt that. Yeah. <laughs> Poor servitude. I never forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> I bet that. T- how long ago was this? Oh, it's a long. I was going to say. Ago. I bet that tour guide is exited <gasps> stage left since yeah, then. Yeah, I would wager you're correct. <laughs> but it, it, it is. It's. And did you tour the the museum there on the other side of the island? No, I haven't it's, been to the museum. Yeah, it's real nice. Um, now, did you hear about there's a there was an island uh, right outside Montgomery in the middle of the is that the Canal River that flows? Yeah, yeah must be. That uh, that some couple bought for like ten thousand dollars. You could buy a whole island right outside Montgomery. Really, it must yeah. have been super tiny. They, it was like not a, very less large. Than an acre. And they asked them, "What are you going to do with this thing?" And they're like, "Well, we, we don't really know." <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Montgomery is not really a place where lots of people are flocking to these days. You know, that's where Brent went to school. Yeah, out there. And Jamie and Mike. Oh yeah. Well, Brent. That's where Brent did his off hours time in the camper. That yeah. he, lived in that, he lived in a camper up there, down by the river. That's where he lived wow. for a while. Well, I, I've got to ask him about that on ARG next you time. Should. I, I'll tell you, you brought it up. But yeah, no, and, and when it comes to battling on islands, I have even less... You haven't you haven't. Most any... of my battles occur on the mainland. What's the closest you've ever come to LARPing? I have LARPed. Oh. I have LARPed. Do have tell. LARPed. Do tell. One time... Uh, we were playing. How does this? How does you jump from Battle Isle to LARPing? Well, when I think about battling on an island, yeah. I think about myself dressed in a wizard outfit with a bunch of foam lightning bolts. Man, 
We're not that snazzy. That's what I think about. We were playing a game. It was a role-playing game, and I, it's still around, I think. It was called Vampire the Masquerade. You ever heard of this? Oh, yeah. It was a big deal at the time. And they were real heavy into LARPing and that the people that made it. And so we ran a we ran a live action game. It didn't have a name back then. We just we just called them live action games. We, we didn't. There wasn't a shorter term. Mm-hmm. Where my buddy, we we took my friend's house over, and we had all of our friends who were like it was a vampire, like a masquerade ball. Basically. Wow! And we had probably I don't know ten, twelve people play. Mm-hmm. Now how do you how do you DM a LARP? Um, he just sort of lingered around, and it would just when he had to. Most of the role playing was just done independently of. Mm. It was a little bit too much inside for me, and so. But I will say, everyone loved it, and we all agreed that we should do it over and over, and we never did it again. <laughs> it's most of the things that go down like that. I will say, like just for, just for, as a side note on that, the Chuds tour was supposed to be at this thing, but he was too embarrassed to come. I was going to say yeah. he was the most famous of them all. Kmar, the discount assassin, wasn't his name? Yeah, he Kmar didn't show up to, for the for the for the princess ball, but yeah, it was fun. We were, I really say it was they were including it had combat and everything. Really, people tried to screw each other over. Yeah, how do was, you combat? Uh, it was all handled, you know. There was dice rolls. And so it's like it's not like you're, you see on TV, like fireball oh. plus four. You know, we didn't do that. So stuff. instead, you're talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, you're like, it's on, and then you just start rolling. Oh no, the DM took, pretty much took care of the stuff. It was a lot of it was just like the DM's discretion. I should say GM is discretion. I was going to say at a masquerade ball, you can't really have like a lot like, of combat. To be fair, it wasn't a masquerade ball. It was a vampire the masquerade. It was a it was a the prince of a city was a vampire having a big party. And all the vampires around would came over, and some werewolves were there too. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds. You can tell I was awesome, and I. And by the way, I'd like to say this was in high school, but I was well graduated when I did this. It's unfortunate that no video survives of this particular occasion. Yeah, I played a I played a Rav nose called Jacob Twist. That was my guy. Oh man. Yeah, he was awesome. He had a big question mark. I was a big Doctor Who fan, so he had a leather coat. So he, he mix it into Doctor Who a, with he the was vampire. A, he was a gypsy vampire. It's getting even cooler. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I love Jacob. He was awesome. But yeah, we had the whole gang there. We had it was fun. We had a real good time. I guess he never done that. I I've never done. I've never LARPed. Every time I role play with you, it's almost like a LARP. Well, it is because you're of, out of your mind. I, I do enjoy role playing it. I, I would not say no if I, if someone invited me to don a wizard helmet and uh, parade through the forest. I'd be in. No, I don't want to see that. You don't want to see it. We didn't have the money for that stuff. Also, vampires don't wear that kind of crap. That's true. Vampires are very fashionable. I had on a pair of blue jeans, Doc Martens, and a leather jacket. That's wow, what I had. you look pretty good, like riffraff. No, I looked like a big fat doofus in a leather jacket and Doc Martens. Oh. I just can't pull it off. Maybe I could now, but back then I couldn't. Riffraff was who's the who's Meatloaf's character? Uh, Eddie. Eddie, you yeah. looked like Eddie. Well, yeah, I was trying. I didn't yeah. pull it off. So you had Rocky Horror, Doctor Who, and Vampire all rolled you into can't one. Can't ever listen. I, I steal only from the best. That's and steal early and often. That's good. That's good. Well, this week's game, Aaron, Battle Isle, yeah, has nothing to do with anything we've been talking about. No, it's it got not. nothing to do with LARPing. There are no vampires in this game. Um, but you know we're we're getting ahead of ourselves because we got a lot of other things to talk about <laughs> yeah. before before we get into it. First thing is, check this out, guys. We have Amigathon postcards are in. Let me see one of those. Yeah. And Amigathon magnets. So if you uh, donated uh, to uh, Amigathon for the amounts and sent me your address, 
you will be getting one of these fine, fine quality products in the mail, one or both, very, very soon. And we want to give a special shout out to friend of the show, Jonas Rulo. He's in the house. He's oh, in the house. Jonas, what's going on, man? Yeah, he's. Uh, thank you very much for uh, for making these magnets for us. We really appreciate it. Now, does he live on the Big Island out there? I don't know which island. Now, if you're out in, uh, near Hawaii, let's Speaking say. Speaking of a battle you need, to, you need to contact this man because this stuff is the quality work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just picture him and Dog the Bounty Hunter just rolling. Just, just rolling just, down the street. I don't like Dog's wide. chances. I think this guy... Oh, yeah, well, I'll just admit fighting. You mean no, hanging? no, no. Just hanging. They're Dog buds. the Bounty Hunter. He's the only other Hawaiian I know. He's not natively from Hawaii, is he? I think so. Is he? Born and bred. You know, I don't get that show. Well, it's not on anymore. That's well, why. Well, I never got it. It looked Well, it did was you have dumb. cable? Oh. I've seen it. Now, you're missing my point here, Boat. I don't see the appeal of that show. Well, he's the dog. He's the big no, bad I know, dog. I know who he's he a is. bounty hunter. Uh-huh. He's not a none of that's real. What? I'm not buying any of it. That's you heard. No, you man. see, he doesn't use guns. Uh-huh. And he goes with the pepper spray. Uh-huh. And he kicks down the door. I've seen episodes where he like talked these hard criminals and they just turn themselves they in. They just start crying? No. I don't care. No speech from dog to bounty hunters is gonna make that happen. It's mm. not, I'm not buying it. Mm. What's up what was up with dog's hair? Man, if I had that hair, you think I wouldn't rock it that way? No, I don't think you would. It looks sort of like a poodle. He reminds well, Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, it's no good. I never liked that guy. Really? I'm sorry about his wife. But yeah, yeah. These things happen. Um, Jonas says his uh, his son's office used to be by the police station about two minutes where he works. There you so they are, they are connected. They are connected. I love that. Yeah. See, it's a, Hawaii's not a huge city. It's not huge. They're all hanging out. That's right. They're all hanging out. I think of uh, MMA when I think of Hawaii because there's all, uh, some excellent MMA fighters that come out there, including BJ Penn. I always thought they Hawaii. were from, uh, where are all the wrestlers from? Samoa? I figured all the, uh, the MMA guys wrestlers. would come from. There aren't a ton of guys from Samoa, but there are a couple. Mm. Uh, but uh, uh, Is no, that a different skill set? You know, in Hawaii, uh, now they always have said that in Hawaii, fighting has been around. In fact, the professional level fight has been around forever. You know, I don't mean MMA. I mean it's like going to war, and so you've got a uh, you've got some tough, determined, gritty guys that that do martial arts out in Hawaii, and they're and they are excellent, excellent, excellent workers, world champions. Uh, so I think of them. You know, I, I, I really like everyone like to live out in Hawaii. I mean, I would just because it's so beautiful out yeah. there. The weather's so nice, yeah. but I know it's expensive to live out there. It so is. Every they got to ship everything in too. Yeah. Um. Now it's time, Aaron, yeah. to talk about what's been going on this week in the world of Amiga News. Oh, okay. No, it's side updates next. I'm all kerfluffled. There's no, we don't have to have an, an exact That's true. order. We'll do Amiga News next. Go ahead. All right, Aaron. I've queued up several big stories for us this week. Okay, great. Okay. And you've been gone, and you still were queuing stuff. I know, right? I know. I've been pulling stuff. This is really a check-in with what's been going on in the Amiga community. Yeah, because there's been a lot of good stuff. Yeah. Uh, first up, we've got a new episode of the 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast starring our buddy, Tenmark. I haven't uh, even seen Is this brand new? This, no, this is about a week old. Oh, okay. So, okay, go ahead. And this is where he's got an Amiga 2000, and he's basically breaking it down. He's trying to troubleshoot it, figure out what's wrong with it. He's doing all kinds of stuff like that. Man, I love, you know, the thing I like about 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast is he assumes no prior knowledge. Uh-huh. He breaks things down so I can understand them. You know, it's it's funny you should mention this because uh, he uh, did an episode, and it wasn't this one, I guess it was the last one, where he actually mocked you in the episode. Really? And your picture and my picture appear in the episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> With little word balloons. <laughs> well. And so I fully congratulated 
<laughs> I fully congratulated him for a job well done, <laughs> as he trashed you for not liking AGA. It was glorious. Well, he's entitled to his wrong I was opinion. sure you were going to bring that up. So for you to bring up the next one, I find highly amusing. <laughs> yeah, if you want to see Bo get the, uh, get get uh, come up and see I guess that would be episode 32 then. I was pleased. I was very pleased. I'd be, all of his stuff's gold. Solid gold. Up next, you know, Amiga Bell and Guru Anthony. Yes. These guys have been on the road at VCF East. Uh, they've done two oh, videos, one of which oh, we're going to talk about radios. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, God. Yeah. I haven't seen this one. You know, um, these guys do the best quality. I mean, the quality. Of course, Bill's a cinematographer, so he knows He's what's going on. He's an award-winning cinematographer. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, what they're, this video is all about their J minor Commodore, uh, their Amiga 1000 tribute. So they've done a whole exhibit based on this guy. And, of course, this is all the background of the setting up and everything. Um, but, you know, Jay had a big effect, obviously, on, <laughs> on, on Amiga Bill when he was growing up. You know, he met him. Then he's actually created a um, sort of what you might see in a theme park where there's a little cutout and a giant photo where it looks like you can be meeting uh, um, Jay Minor as well. So um, I like that. I, you know, I don't know how, I'm, how in God's name I missed this. This looks great. I oh, yeah, yeah. See this. Uh, I watched this, and I watched their um, companion video in which they interview Kurt Wendell. Vendel? Kurt Vendel, I think is his name. He is the man when it comes to Atari 8-bit stuff. Okay. And he has a huge exhibit with uh, dedicated to the Atari 400-800, just those two machines. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. He went over pre-production models and stuff like that. So if you're interested in not only the Amiga, but the technically the father of the Amiga, the Atari 800, uh, you should definitely check out both these videos on the Guru Meditations uh, YouTube channel. I also add in that I watched uh, Amiga Bill's live stream the other day, and he played a bunch of uh, new Amiga games, and I was really impressed. And there's some there's some excellent stuff that's came out. I'm I'm looking forward to trying it out here on the show. Cool. And of cool. course, Bill is always wacky. Oh yeah. He was up to his usual wacky antics. Uh, coming up next, so I hit the escape key correctly. Um, <laughs> Pixel Vixens been at it. This is the first time that I've ever seen her do this particular thing. This is Disney Animation Studio you're, live you're on the Amiga. Oh, do you think 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 about the many <laughs> incarnations of Lame Angelo I've done on Amigathon? You I, think I'm doing animation? I have tried to use Disney wow. Animation Studio back in the day. You might as well skip ahead there. And it is not for the. Uh, it's I had uh, no no luck animating things, uh, but I mean I always heard it was a pretty good tool. Yeah, I'm gonna skip over. Uh, the, of course, this is about a uh, two hour long stream, and you basically watch her create this animated cartoon. It's very very cool. Um, and, and she is a, an excellent hand. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. So uh, if you're into animation on the Amiga and into some cool streaming action, and of course all these the chats archived too, so you, you tune in and look at what people were saying. But yeah, highly recommend Pixel Vixen's work. Uh, moving on down, this is something, I don't know if, if this is new or not, but this yeah, came I across the Discord bow. Yeah, that's where I saw this. This yeah. is a brand new slim uh, PSU for the Amiga 500, 600, and 1200. Definitely something that's in need. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, this is, I would say it is a maybe about half, maybe two-thirds the size of the original power supply. But what's great about it is that it sits upright and it's it's got both cords are on the on the on the back. 
so that you don't have to go in one in and out the other. It's, yeah. it's really hard to put components on your desk when they're wired up that way. You know, the sad thing is, Boat, that you literally scooped this guy by six or seven years. I know. With your Amiga power supply in a box. My award-winning shoebox design. shoebox design, which I'm still using that to this day. Right, I cleverly drilled the holes for the van, with, with for the fan, with a with a screwdriver into the cardboard. Yeah, and it, it still works. That was the piece, and that was our uh, our buddies in Poland. That was the act. And their wacky uh, power supply adapter, it, it still works. I use that, I, I've got a real power supply, I still use the other one. That's I, awesome. I feel like it's safer. That's awesome. Now this looks pretty good. Uh, it looks almost like a little. Uh, it, I mean, look like, how tiny that oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. I've I've got a few guesses as to what's in that. I haven't seen one like taken apart, uh, but uh, it looks good. He did a good job theming it. I guess whatever. Mm -hmm. I think there's multiple colors, and also the price isn't. It's not brutally gougy. Right. It's about seventy. I think bucks. seventy bucks is very fair considering the, the other power supplies deal. I've seen. You know. Well, if you think about it, if you and if you rig up your own. Like with the Polish, I mean the Polish mm -hmm. adapter really costs us what about fifteen bucks, yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Then you've got to go out and get an AT power supply as old as the hills. Yeah, it's and, massive. And, and, it's and bulky. You've got to rig it all up. Mm. By the time you get all done with that, you're at least in for forty or fifty bucks on your own. Where right. You pay a few more bucks, get a nice shiny new one. I think this is a this is this is this is a win right it's here. It's on my list. Let's just put it that way. It's on it's on Aaron's list for goodies in the future. There's a new uh, Amiga game that just came out this past week, Aaron Landfill. Yes, I watched Amiga Bill play this, and because uh, I thought, look at this, this is uh, this doesn't look all that impressive. And then I watched it play. It's actually pretty clever. So this is like a uh, a match uh, a, a matching game where you've got various pieces of trash drifting down from the top. And I guess there's different ways to combo things together. So it's not necessarily you want to match three all the time. Sometimes you want to do right. other things. Well, like it'll be like you want to put the jelly on the bread. You right. Want to, you want to put certain things like uh, I can't remember what all the things are, but then you can make up new combinations like the remote control for the TV with the TV. Uh, I watched Bill play this because I'm telling you when I saw this I was like eh, but it's actually clever. And what I really think is funny is that it, it start it's got this nice scenery in the background. And as you fail, it gets more and more cluttered with garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I'm going to have to give this a shot. Yeah. I love puzzle games. Yeah, I, so. I'm not, I don't love them, but this looked pretty good. Yeah. I, I'll give Bill credit. I, didn't, I hadn't seen it. And I believe he had the author in the chat room when he was playing it. So. Hopefully the game selection committee might uh, might choose this yeah, one. I saw a bunch of stuff that Bill played. It looked really, really interesting. Up next, uh, there was a new meeting of the uh, Norwegian Amiga user group. Nog3 is actually coming up soon, coming up August 24th at 11 a.m. What does Nog stand for, Bo? Uh, I will, I'm going to guess Norway Amiga user group. Oh, Just a shot in the dark. Wow. Okay, um, well, Roy, you kicked me down the sky's there in your boat. <laughs> so uh, this is, of course, our buddy Figgy is the is in charge of this bad boy, and you can expect to see, you know, the Amigos faithful roll in. Oh, Figgy's running the show. Yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I did see Figgy post about this. So yeah, absolutely. So yeah, they've got a good. Facebook page. You can just just search for Nog, and it'll it'll pop right up there. If you are in Norway, you owe it to yourself to go. They're working on computers. They're playing Amiga. They're doing. They're they're probably drinking. It's probably a good old time. I want to be in Norway. I, would, I think that'd be an awesome place to visit. I'd buy the ticket tomorrow. You ever, you ever been there before? No, I've never been. To, I've Wouldn't never been, been, never been to any Scandinavian country. It looks so nice up there, doesn't it? <sighs> it looks all, great. all of it looks great. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think we'd be right at home in a lot of those places because it's sort of the same kind of locale. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That looks great. Good for him. Go figgy, go, man. And finally, we have a one last local meetup. Jason Warns, the yes. one and only, uh, met up. 
with the rest of the local Amiga users of Calgary. And, uh, and they were hosting the AmiJam 2019. Uh, so over there in Calgary, and Trevor Dickinson, who is the you know mover and shaker with Aon, the new Amiga technology yes. company, he was up there uh, probably plugging his his new systems and stuff. And so I didn't realize Calgary had an Amiga user group, but I'm glad to know that Jason's I, involved. I think it's tremendous. I love it. I like these things that are still around or are starting up. It's, it's great. It's great. I love it. Hey, you know, a couple of things that you, that were on your list, and not, since you've been out of town, you may not even heard about them. Uh, the uh, the uh, a fifteen hundred release this week to a lot of really new case and speaking of Pixel, oh the, the checkmate finally that's was right. released okay speaking of pixel vixen I could have uh, sworn that we covered she, that last week she I, I she did a uh, two two she did at least two parts of her assembling this thing all right and I watched the second part today a little bit of it today and uh, uh, it was uh, it looks interesting I saw I, I'm telling you, I saw another video that someone fiddling with I'm trying to think of who it was Retro Man Cave that's who it was yep. it was Retro Man Cave should have known our good buddy Neil mm -hmm. and uh, Neil literally basically unboxed it said here it is and then he wait, it was he sort of put out a little qu question as to what should he put in this thing you know like what am I going to put in this mm -hmm. well you, uh, uh, you many options that you have in terms of systems. Uh, so she, but I, I watched, I watched, I think to most of this and she got the keyboard installed. Uh, I don't, I didn't get to see the whole thing cause I was, I had to get out and go get groceries, but it looks good. I'll be, I'm going to finish it up, but it's great that these things have shipped. The, the amount of stuff, I don't know if, did you watch Richard Man Cave's uh, oh, yeah. look at it? I he like, goes into great detail as to what, I mean, there's a ton of little knickknacks. Well, not only that, but if, if you're concerned about not being able to assemble this thing or what to do with it, the instruction manual, it's like, it's it's bound, it's like wire bound, you know. It's uh, a multi-language. Yeah, yeah, it comes with, I guess, one or two posters come with it. Yeah. So this thing is packaged super, super well. Oh, I can't man. believe I, I, I didn't link this up, but I watched this earlier this week, and it's, I had some concerns about you know how good this was going to look in the flesh. Sometimes when you see stuff rendered, you're like, uh, but this thing looks just as good well, in person the as fella, it does. The fella that was doing this whole Stephen thing, Jones, Steve, yeah, I could tell. And I, I'm again, I listen. We're not movers and shakers in the Amiga community. No. We're just a couple of schlubs. But I could tell while watching this guy's stuff. Uh, this was not uh, much like the fella that runs Amiga Love. It's like you, there are certain people. It's like these guys are are like going to be pros. And I knew right away. I was like, this is going to be a classy unit, and it it looks like a million bucks. I uh, as I watched these videos this week, and everybody getting these things and unpacking, which is killing me. Mm -hmm. It was killing me that I don't have one of these. So if he does another run, I'm going to sell sell a, a kidney or a lung and get it. Get you can sell that Kiraw C64 that's gathering dust that, and get you yourself gonna, a that real that machine. Gonna pay. I, I use that thing, but th that ain't going to pay for this, brother. You can be getting some money. All right. That's going to do it for this week's Amiga News. The Gamble Train is rolling on down the hill. We haven't seen the Gamble Train in a while. That's Why do you think right. that is? Because uh, people are look, stare on in amazed disbelief as to what the heck that is. Mm. Even I'm confused occasionally. Um, you ready to talk about dream catches? Work? I sure am. So Let's do it. The DK on, on uh, our uh, personal, humble website, everythingamiga.com, uh, we have an article here called A Total Eclipse of the Heart, which I sang earlier. Turn around. Every now and then again. Mm. Anyway, so what you've got here, and I, I, this is a, a game from Spain uh, uh, that he talks about, which, of course, there you go. It's the Dreamcatcher. But I read this article, and I, I couldn't help but laugh because the, this Spanish game 
is loosely based on the 1985 medieval fantasy film Lady Hawk. Now, are, are you familiar with Lady Hawk? I saw Lady Hawk long ago. It's famous for Matthew Broderick in it. Uh, it's got Rutger Hauer, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> so now this looks very similar. Doesn't the guy in Crawl also have a hawk? Uh, no, no. Maybe I He's have got seen the glaive. That's the bad. I'm talking about the bad guy in Crawl, doesn't he? No, have the a- bad guy in Crawl's a big weird alien demon guy. Remember, he don't have no- he don't need okay. nothing when you can pull that when you can pull that thing out. Uh, but anyway, I guess the the people in Spain that made this movie were like, eh or made the game, they're like, yeah, we'll just sort of heavily borrow this and, and, and just change a few things. And lo and behold, they made they made the game here. The game is cunningly titled uh, Negro... Let me see, what is this? It's Negro something. Uh, but it's a... Uh, it's There's never been an English translation of this bad boy. Uh, and Dreamcatcher, of course, goes goes into deep, deep detail. Of course, being Dreamcatcher, he's got to go into deep, deep detail about Lady Hawk, too. <laughs> including Bad Mouth and Matthew Broderick. Tons and tons of, uh, now, of uh, wacky Have you seen Lady way. Hawk? Black Sun. Have I, have, you... I, I saw it, but I mean, this came out in 85, so I saw it like in probably like 87. I mean, okay. I'm, Where does this fall on the Willow Kroll scale of uh, goodness? Well, you know, here's the thing. All right, now, again, I, I haven't seen this thing forever. I really need to rewatch it. Uh, I would put it above. It's above uh, something like Red Sonia, right? Or, but it's nowhere near Crawl. I can tell you that right now. Crawl is sort of like. Is that the pinnacle? When it comes to fantasy you're, you're space right. adventures, mm-hmm. or you know, it's number one. And, and I don't think it'll ever be passed. Hmm. And then you've got your uh, your Willows, you know, are in there. That's sort of your second tier. You've got yeah, you've got your uh, uh, the second Conan movie. The first one was well, they're both pretty good. I don't know. That's a tough call. I think I'd put Conan above. I like Conan above Willow. I mean, I'm talking the original Conan. Right. Uh, you've got your. Uh, uh, trying to think of, there, there are so many horrible movies. Sword and Sorcery films are like a big deal in that. Oh, you got your Beastmasters. You ever seen any of the Beastmaster movies? Mm, don't think so. Now, Beastmaster, tremendous uh, uh, series. I believe that. that the Beastmaster, one of them, there's an unclothed woman that is the Beastmaster, isn't? I think I remember seeing well, a, uh, yeah, I, a James Rolfe well, uh, review. Then, then you've got that's when they went off the cliff. <laughs> so Beastmaster used to be a respectable franchise. You know, is what because you're saying. Beastmaster was, I think, as I recall, the origin of Beastmaster, he was his the Queen's was pregnant with the with this kid, and he's bad if. Uh, these bad guys came and transferred the baby from her belly into a cow. Mm, and weird. then the cow gave birth. And I guess we we're going to kill the baby, but somebody came and stopped them. And well, guess what? Now the baby's got eerie beast powers. Like he can like suck. he can see out birds' eyes, and he can summon stuff. He's got a couple weasels that work for him. You know, you can't ever have enough of those. You can't. Beast, Mark Singer was the beast master, and he he's a guy of some renown. Who's he? Um, well, I mean, he's been... I'm trying to think of what the biggest thing would have been in. Nightlife, USA movie about vampires is really good. <laughs> what? Boy, was, he's in a USA movie. He was in a, he was in a great movie about... Uh, it was like a, sort of like a blood sport tournament. That took place. He played a French soldier, I believe. I think so he played. He was in that. That was good. Was that also a USA exclusive? No, that was an HBO sort okay. of affair. <laughs> Listen, Mark Singer did good stuff. I just can't remember the other right now. You know, I've clipped this thing about 20 times. Well, you've also dropped the dead Man, cat. So. Well, that's the way it goes. So anyway, it was good stuff. I highly recommend a good read on the old uh, Dreamcatcher. If you're, if you're into old crap movies, Dreamcatcher's your man. And who isn't? That's true. Yeah. That's true. All right, Aaron. It's time to talk about Battle Isle. Mm-hmm. 
so what we got here, Boat, is Battle Isle. Now, uh, a few months ago, we played a game called History Line. You we remember, did. You remember History Line? Absolutely. And Blue Byte Software. Now, let me ask you a question. How, how, how did I perform at that particular event? I don't believe that that was your finest hour. Well, guess what? I have excelled myself <laughs> and sucked even more at Battle Isle, which in a lot of ways are the same game. So, uh, Battle Isle released in 91 uh, by Blue Bite. Now, you know I love the Blue Bite. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do love the and Blue Bite. Reason, there's only one reason I like it. It's called Great Courts 2. That's the perennial tennis game on the Amiga. I sure. love it. Love yeah. that game. Undisputed champion. Love it. Uh, and uh, these fellows... They do two things very well. Tennis and strategy games, I, I guess. <laughs> but let's, let's go with that. So uh, the uh, guys who are at Blue Bite have developed, amongst the things we talked about, uh, Great Courts 2, Pro Tennis Tour 1 and 2, Tom and the Ghost. I'm sure the last time we went over this, I was like, we got to go play Tom and the Ghost. Right. That sounds like a Halloween episode. And Twin World. Another one we got. Twin World. Twin World. No, 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 no. Um, the uh, fellow that coded this was a guy named, I'm going to butcher some names tonight, Bernhard Ears. And guess what other game he coded? Come on, you can do it. Um, Great Quartz 2? No. History Line. <laughs> oh, I thought maybe he was mixing it up a little bit. <laughs> One of the other coders was a fellow named Thomas Hertzler. He did Aphidia, Bad Cats, Great Yana Sisters, Settlers, another one, Sky Fighter, Street Cat, Tom and the Ghost, and Twin World. So you've got a guy, some guys here that had been around the block on the Amiga. One thing of note, as I looked over the credits on this, is uh, the title screen music was uh, written by Chris Hulesbeck. This guy's all over the he place. He is a money-making machine. Yeah, he is. Uh, again, I'm not going to go over his accomplishments, but we'll just say Monkey Island, Great Gans, this is our type, BC Kid, the Turricans. Mm -hmm. He's all man in a yard wide. But, That's right. What? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you ever heard that phrase before? No. All man in a yard wide. I don't know where I heard that, but that's a phrase. Look it up. <laughs> so uh, this was also released on the PC which I looked at, by the way, just because now I've got a PC. I can right. look at everything. And guess what? They're pretty similar. Um, according to our good friends over at uh, Lemon, the Amiga and PC versions were released about the same time. So there's no telling which one. I would usually, well, 91, it's tough to say. A lot of times, anytime later, the VGA version sort of got melted down for the Amiga, but it's hard to say on this one. Um, this game also had some data discs, Boat. Uh, it had uh, Battle Isle 93 and a couple scenario discs, Land, Sea, and Air, and the Moon of Chromos, uh, which I, it might be interesting. Now, before we get into the meat of this game, let's talk about this wacky opening. Okay. What did you think about this wacky opening? Man, this is definitely one of my favorite openings. It is? Of all, I mean, like... It's very well done, don't you think? Well, here's the, let me explain why it was wacky to me. Okay, so I played uh, I played this uh, uh, the version I had I had a crack. I was from Skid Row, and one thing I like with these cracks, by the way, it says basically beginning of it, it told it tells everyone to f off. It's right. it literally in that so many words. Mm -hmm. So then you you start the game and the intro runs. I was like, okay, it runs this intro. Intros a uh, guy getting in a ship, flying through space, mm -hmm. all this stuff. I mean, it's. 
I'm not sure I'd call it animated. I guess it sort of was. It's as animated as any of them are. No, it was. It was like still frames. It was like what? the old. It was like the Marvel animation from the '60s. No, it's, like better it's better than that. It's better than that. You're and, not giving and, and enough credit. This, uh, uh, um, and what about the? What I like is what's weird. So there's a guy flying through space. He does this thing, and then meanwhile, it shows a guy get out of his car. Drive, walk into his house and boot up a game. It's right. Like, I'm like, what's going on right, here? Right. And so, can you explain this to me? Yeah. So, what this is is this is like a game within a game okay. type thing. And um, so this is all real. Okay. Um, this guy is flying through space. Meanwhile, there's the 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 old guy at the Senate. You know, the Galactic Senate. Oh, you always got to have old guy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. At the Galactic Senate. And uh, they're like, we really need somebody to come in and play this game. You know, we, we really need a new pilot. That's yeah. what he's saying. And so meanwhile, this guy, your doofus from the street, pops in Battle Isle. The what they're setting up is a last Starfighter I was situation. getting ready to say. I, just wanted, yeah. I, wanted, I didn't want to just be the first to say yeah. it. But you're, uh, now, do you remember when Last Starfighter came out? Oh, it was, that was well before this was game. It? I mean, so, yeah, it was in the 80s. So this was sort of a horkage. In fact, it might, Last Starfighter might have been 79. No, it was, really it was old. not that old. Might have been 69. No, stop talking. <laughs> so anyway, that the opening was goofy, but here's what made it especially goofy for me. So I sat through the whole opening. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So I clicked the button. Right. And then more stuff from Skid Row pops up. <laughs> I'm like... So I thought to myself, wait a minute, was that the game, or was that some crap Skid Row put together? Oh, yeah. It's so true. I had to go, yeah. I'll watch, this is the first time this has ever happened, I went to YouTube and watched a walkthrough of the opening. <laughs> so I just got, so I could determine where the crack That's screen great. ended. That's great. You know, and where, and, and where the rest of the game begins. So the game eventually does come up, and I will say, uh, true to his rep, the opening song, and this is awesome. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's crap going down. I was like, wait a minute, this it's is fantastic. good stuff here. Yeah. And I will say, the incidental music throughout the game, it, it's not that good. No. But it's it's okay. It's 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 okay. Now, part of it could be because I just played uh, uh, two games in ARG that the music was literally, I, I told Brent it was like me and you and him doing the the, the, the Amigos Challenge at the Amigathon. <laughs> I mean, this music was low end, brother. Mm -hmm. So this music, this is like Beethoven okay. compared to that. Okay. So, Battle Isle, what is this in a nutshell? Well, what this is, is a single player or multiplayer turn-based tactics game, all right? Uh, you have a split screen here, and you can play one or two players, and you basically fight. <laughs> There's mm -hmm. no peacemaking. Right. There's no negotiating. There's no diplomacy. It's war. It's fighting. All-out war. Now, Bo, tell them the, of the first annoyance when we begin starting this game. And we we haven't we didn't talk about this; it just happened. So mm -hmm. go ahead and tell them what it was. So when you first start this game, you're greeted with the uh, the your your basic start screen where you've got password options, blah blah blah. Okay, I think there's an option you can watch the intro again. Um, you go to start the game. And you quickly realize that you're playing a two-player game. Yeah. And so you go into the options menu, and you can see where it says player, human, player, human. And you're like, cool, I'll just go down to the second player, and I'll hit the button, I'll change the computer. Well, guess what happens? You can't. You're unable to change that human player to computer player. So instead, what you have to do, this game is, I guess it was developed... This game has so many issues. Well, I'll, before you continue, let me just say this. I think I know what's going on with this. Okay, I thought about this. Okay. 
So basically what Boat's saying is, if you, by default, it's on two players and you can't put it on one. Right. My guess is, now I played this, I don't know, did you play this Amiga Forever? How did you I, play not, WHG. Okay. I played this. I played this with. I played this on Amiga Forever, and I also played it on the uh, WHD load on the Amiga. My guess is that the last saved campaign was a two-player campaign, so that's why it comes up as that. I'm not sure the actual game because I watched several walkthroughs and it didn't come up that way. So I think we just well, got unlucky on Amiga Forever. You're playing the ADF. You're not playing the WHD, right? Right, but I mean, it's still, it's still, it's, it could, it could have saved the last campaign and whoever mm. uploaded it. It's just against, because no one's going to upload a game like this. So I think this was just bad luck. I think. Now I don't want to. I just said I don't want to grill them for because I don't think anyone's that stupid. I think it just, I think it just loaded up the last campaign that was loaded, the last scenario, I should say, and it happened to be the because there are some that are exclusively two players. So I think that's what it was. So what you, what we ended up having to do was type in the password for a. Single player scenario. Yeah, that I, I don't. I, I but, disagree with your assessment. I think they really well, are that. Listen, stupid. I'm not strongly behind it. Um, this game sets you up in a, such a way to make you think you're about to play the baddest game that's ever existed. You've got a guy flying through space, and then it shows you the player bebopping home, popping in the disc in your me, and you're like, "Wow, it's me! I'm getting ready to play. It's going to be cool." Um, and then you're immediately greeted because it's not like he comes home with a buddy. He's coming home by himself. That's true. And you can't jump into the game. And I mean, well, again, maybe you're right, but maybe I, you're I, wrong. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to dock points for that could be a weird thing. That's true. Right. Um, now, you know, what is Battle Isle? Have you, it's you got, go, go, it's go, got go. a storyline. Yeah, go on to go know, ahead and so hit me with the story. I looked it up here. So, because I was the same, and that really, the opening didn't really spell it out for me. So, the story is, uh, you're that you fight on a fictional planet called Chromos, which that explains the expansion. Of right, Chromos. moons of Chromos. And on Chromos, this uh, they're a little ahead of us technologically. Okay, uh, and so they've got uh, they've got computer like supercomputer brains. Right, they've got some flight space flight, and they've got advanced robots. Okay, among and they've got basically technology that's advanced and you're fighting that's pretty much all i got garnered out of the gameplay uh the uh, uh the game throws you right in now i could be wrong but i didn't find any tutorial mode or anything like that i did watch your i watched your part private playthrough yeah there's a reason why that's private you on talk, youtube you want to talk about that well it's mostly did you stream that live no okay i actually i wanted to in fact you you hear me like clicking around trying to figure but i yeah. actually made the stream private accidentally so but it's probably for the best because yeah. i was hoping somebody could jump in and help me but um this game is is sort of even after i played battle isle i still found parts of this game hard to grasp right off the bat um this game is a hex-based strategy game that's for two players, um, and it's it's at the core of it. It's basically Battle Isle, or if you've ever played Advance Wars or any other turn-based tactical combat game, where you move your, in a, your you move your units, the computer moves their units. If you're in combat range and you initiate combat, you fire bullets at each other. Uh, then it becomes a rock, paper, scissors type thing where if your units are stronger than the other units, they'll the, your opponent will lose more units. Um, there are different types of units. There are ground units, there are air units, there are water units. 
Uh, and it's the, the name of the game is, is, is total domination. You want to destroy the other players, uh, you know, uh, armaments and take over their base. Yeah. I will say the little cut scene is cool when you get hold of a base, you know what I'm talking about? Like, the guy, you just see it inside this metal door. Oh, and yeah. It's just like, you see like a cutting laser go mm -hmm. the door, this guy pops in, he's like, it's like, oh, what a stud. I, I never actually managed now, to, uh, to do that. Though. I actually, I, you know, I, I was telling Boat, I complained about this game all week. And the reason I did, it's not because, I mean, this is nothing against the game, but I, as is widely known, these type of games I'm not good at. And I, they have, I have trouble being holding my interest in this. However, I'd give the, I did give this a college try. And I did manage to at least give it a go. How about that? The interface is interesting. Because so, you, it's almost reminds me of like a board game, like a like a German strategy. Oh, like it's a, absolutely like, a, like an Avalon Hill right, game. That's right. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And and so because it, it's grid based, you and you uh, you've got all your units, and so you could easily see the picture this on a map. And so I tried to look at it in that vein. And 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 so if you look at it that way, uh, uh, this is better than the board game because it gives you a lot of advantages. When you, when you click on your when you click on your uh, a unit. You can move the joystick around to get different options. You can get information about the unit. You can get and you can get its move. You can do its movements, attack, and so when you pick a movement of a unit, it gives you a grid, colored grid of every place you can move the unit. Right, which is, is a, definitely an advantage over a board right. game where and you that, have to look that up. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of advantages. Like Boat said, there are multiple units. There are multiple ground-based units, multiple areas. and so your your movement is running. The name of this game, as far as I can tell, again, I I am no expert. Uh, and sadly, I've played this game for probably two weeks now. The, the name of the game in this is Violent Aggression. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as I can tell, and I did read this the, some information to corroborate with my uh, corroborate my thoughts. The computer runs a full frontal all-out assault every time. Mm -hmm. The problem is now, from what I've read, most people that are good at these games they just sort of weather the storm and just go and stomp the computer's brains out. Okay. I got mercilessly murdered over and over by the computer. He he doesn't screw around. He comes in. Uh, and when you're on the option screen, you can set the uh, number of turns this goes. Uh, I think it's anywhere from four to like thirty-two. I think there's an infinite number of turns. Is there? Yeah. And so so you can sort of make and whoever at that point whoever has the most units wins. So if if if, an, if a full victory is not achieved, it's whoever's ahead. Okay. I tried all the different ones. I thought maybe I could sneak something through, but the problem is that if you go to a lower turn, the computer, like I said, full frontal, all out assault. And since I didn't know exactly what I was doing, he would always just cream me. And so mm -hmm. I never, I never won a game of this, not once. Uh, but I will say the interface is it's okay. I would have preferred. I mean, if you play two people, you've got a guy on the keyboard, or a, you can actually use the mouse too, and you've got a guy, and you've got a guy with the joystick. Uh, I would have preferred you know, uh, uh, mouse control all the time because it's the Amiga. I think I'd like that better with the second mouse being a way to. You it, know. Well, you know, there's a lot to be said for joystick control because it turns this it turns the game into a you know lean back type experience. You can kick back well, in your easy chair and you can go to town and you you can make something happen. Except the fact you got to use keyboard commands for stuff. There's keyboard stuff you can do. Well, you don't have to. Though. You don't have to. Well, that's what I'm talking about. You can you can do the whole game by uh, sorry that's YouTube's experiencing some uh, uploading qual or some uh, streaming issues. So if you heard that sound, um, 
But anyway, I like the fact that it's joy. You can you can operate everything with the joystick if you want to. What I don't like is they don't give you any option to do keyboard control. I would if you like want. control options. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. that's true. Uh, something else, uh, you, uh, you, I mean, there are a lot of things I never did, like they're re repairing your units, stuff like that. I mean, you could do them. I just, I just wasn't skilled enough to know what the heck was going on. I mean, I, I tried, you know, but I mean, it was just it was something that was a little bit beyond. I mean, you're both you're a lot better at these. Well, you know, I've played a lot of uh, these types of strategy games um, on the consoles, where you know I was playing it with a controller, obviously, in much the same way that you play with the joystick. I would prefer instead of having, again, this is, we talk about this often because these games were being localized into so many different languages, they did everything they could to not have to retranslate stuff. So yeah. you're limited to having to understand what this series of symbols means. What I would prefer is to select a unit with the button, a menu, a drop down menu come up and just say move, attack, that, recharge, whatever. That may be one of the reasons I have so much trouble with these, because that is a perennial issue. Mm -hmm. Settlers was like that. Yeah. They yeah. put a bunch and it's for dummy here. And and populace is sort of like that too. For you know? for those people that grew up playing these types of games, it's not as much of an issue. But if you start out sort of in more in the future, it's really, really yeah, hard to like, go back. Like me. Uh, now, the the funny thing about this, uh, I mean, I guess before we get to this, did, did you like, this was a lot like History Line, and I believe you, you thought History Line was okay, as I recall, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, this, this is this is just like, I mean, this is the same game almost as you, History Line. I mean, Line. you've got two, basically, to boil it down, you've got, you basically, you and your, you play simultaneously, one guy does a movement phase, and the guy does like an action phase, mm -hmm. right? and then you swap back and forth, and then once everything's been resolved, now here's here's the difference. All right, you and your the computer are moving at the same time. Right. While you're doing your action phase, the computer is doing their combat phase, and vice versa. That is incredibly confusing to me, and I was never able to wrap my head around it. I like doing your movement, doing your combat, and then that, turning it over well, to the computer. I, what I did was just ignore the other person for the most part, right. with 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 great results. But you've got your you've got your you know your phases, and then and I will say when they when combat's resolved. It's pretty funny, and, and it's not in a good way funny. I mean, it's you basically like, for example, if there's if there's a tank fight, you've got, and these are these are units of tanks, not just individual tanks. Right, you've got right. like the third division of this, the mm -hmm. fourth division, but they are they're they're uh, symbolized by just one. You know, each one has a tank. Right, and it'll show these tanks all get together, and then. They just show bullets go like all the bullets go at once. Yeah, they just they crisscross, <laughs> and, and it's what the tank on the furthest side from the right will shoot the one at the left, and it's just it's a big baloney. They are they are not shooting for realism in this in this type of an environment, and I mean that's fine. Like none of these games, you're I mean you're going to have, but I mean these bullets are fired at what is, I like to call combat listen, speed, is that the, like the Atari twenty six hundred combat speed. I'm not a, a graphics. Fiend or anything, but is that the best they can yeah. come up with? And planes are the same way. Mm -hmm. Planes. Right. You know, you couldn't do you got a cutscene for the guy cutting through the door. Mm -hmm. Can't we get something that just shows some tanks fighting and then at the bottom it says, here's what happened. Right. Right. Just showing tanks sort of disappear and, is lame. And again, this is something that I think 
you know, not only the console strategy games like Advance Wars did better down the road, but all games got better at this. You know, this is still pretty early days, 91, yeah. for this type of game. So I'm willing to cut the game some slack. This game was doing things that I'm sure strategy, like you said, people that were used to playing board games and having to do all the charts and things, yeah. I'm sure they ate this up, especially if they were doing it in a group setting. Now, I will say, this isn't super duper complex, mm -hmm. like, so if you're me, once you wrap your head around the uh, the interface, I could sort of get by, you know what I mean? I like the fact that if you had two people, or even when you're by yourself, it's neat that everything happens at once. Mm -hmm. So there's no waiting around. Unless you, like, you could finish what your face just sit there while the other guy finishes his. But I mean, you're not waiting for a long time. Right. You know, which is, that's pretty cool. I mean, that that is the advantage. <laughs> I can see why they did it the way they did it. Yeah. But it was hard for me to plan my moves accordingly because I just couldn't wrap my head around the fact that the computer was moving while I was also moving. I'm glad you said that because I just felt like an idiot. And mm -hmm. I was like, man, it's very tough to kind of figure this out. Yeah. So that explains that. Now, you know, the funny thing about this game, Boaster, is that this was Blue Byte's first big hit. Mm. And, and it was it was real popular in Europe. And they and I didn't uh, I would never have known this, but you probably did. There were a bunch of sequels. They were on the Amiga, uh, but they had uh, Battle Isle 2, Battle Isle 3. It had a bunch of these things. And they were releasing these things. Like, they released them into, like, the 2000s. Wow. I, I couldn't believe that crap, man. Uh, and so they... Uh, Get this. This is something else I thought was wacky. So, <clears throat> after Battle Isle 2 got released, Blue Byte decided to release a Windows version on CD. This was one of the very first games for Windows. It was for 3.11 slash Windows 95 and NT. Huh. Interesting. How about that? So, <laughs> I thought that was... I mean, that's something to, to hang your hat on. Um, so, according to, the, according to Wiki, they sold 600,000 copies uh, of this game. And and the uh, who knows how many of the expansions were sold. So they, they had a they had a real good run. Uh, and now here's something else. This is crazy. So they got out early on the Windows front. All right. So here's something else. And I bet you've probably even heard of this. In July of '97, there was going to be a there was a Battle Isle franchise announced by Blue Byte for the Panasonic M2. You know what, what is, that is? No. The M2 was... Was that the successor to the 3DO? Yes. Okay. And this thing got a ton of press Okay. when it came out because people were like, wow, this... And it never it ended up fizzling. It never got released. So, But they were working on... And I heard there was a prototype that people were making games for, and Blue Byte was one of them. They were actually making games. Uh, and, and so that was kind of neat. So they did pretty well with this game overall. Uh, Blue Byte, I believe, ended up becoming part of another company. I'm trying to think of who it was that, got, that ended up sucking them up. It was... Uh, I can't remember if Domark or somebody did it. And so, but, but yeah, they were around for a good while. So. But really, uh, you know, once they started making the Battle Isle games, that was all that they stuck with, right? You know, I, I mean, there wasn't, there weren't any great courts that came out later on just for well, the PC, I'm right? I'm not going to read all these, no. Oh, God, no. I mean, I don't know if great courts, but I, there were, I know that I know of. So, mm. I'm looking down this list. I mean, there's a huge, there's probably 15 games in the Battle Isle series. I mean, it's unbelievable how I many these were. There was one released in 2000, and there was one released that was planned on being released in 2013, but it got it got canceled. Mm. So, <clears throat> an extremely popular series. It's not with me. It's yeah. <laughs> so not with me. Um, any parting shots on this one? I think that this game, like all of this type of game, is <clears throat> if you've got a buddy that's into strategy games, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. Uh, I think if you play the single player version, you're going to be let down. 
I think that there, there's probably more distance between the content of the introduction and the actual game of any game I've ever seen. I mean, watching that introduction, you'd think that you'd be, this is like a flight sim, like a space, like a, um, like a, what's that game that's real famous? Sorry. Wing Commander, oh, yeah. like a Wing Commander type game, I, and this is nothing like that. I looked over, I looked over, admittedly it was the manual that was up on Lemon, but mm. I didn't even see anything that mentioned any sort of backstory at all. I so. think I think they mentioned I think that they gave you that that sort of thing on it. But what was funny was the I had to watch on YouTube my version. The intro was completely cut out. Oh really? Yeah, on the WHD that I played, I, I tried several times to get it to load, and so I ended up having to watch it on this YouTube. This happens when you're a dirty, rotten, stinking, filthy pirate. That's right? true. So what That's true. I uh, I looked up some reviews on this thing, Boaster. Um, Amiga Action gave it at a eighty-seven percent, pretty high marks. Yeah. Amiga Format at ninety. Amiga Power 78, CU Amiga 85, and the 188. So you're getting, those are B level, you know, performance on that. That's how, again, I don't want people that love this game, and I know there's plenty of them that do. I don't want you to think, man, this guy, they're killing this game. I freely admit that the couple weeks I spent with this game was not enough time to get good at it. I was, I was what I'll admit is I got good enough to stagger around and think, see how things work. Mm hmm. And I'm sure if you were a, a, a real whiz at these sorts of games, this might be a lot more fun. It's not one I would go back to, but I, I would just say it's not my type of game. Yeah. Um, I looked this up on eBay. There were none available now, but I've seen these things. They've sold recently for under $10 boxed. Wow. So there you go. Pick them up for a song. We did get one uh, Discord user review. Um, Graham W. Vebke says, this blue bite hexagonal based strategy game was inspired <laughs> wow. from Nectris on the PC engine. This game is great when you understand the mechanics, but I do understand that the single player mode is not quite as enjoyable as two player mode. I myself prefer the World War setting of History Line over the science fiction setting of this game, but it's still enjoyable. Mm. This game went on to spawn more Battle Owl games in the series as well as some expansions. So if turn-based strategy is your thing, you'll get many hours of enjoyment here. 8 out of 10. This is another thing that I think is not in this game's favor. The, um, the uh, History Line series, you had tanks and the soldiers. They looked like they were of the period. Yeah. Uh, this, this game doesn't lean... It doesn't lean far enough into sci-fi territory. These tanks look a little bit too much like normal tanks. I want to see space tanks. The Looking graphics awesome. on this were not—they weren't hideous. No, they weren't. No, they weren't. They were not stylized. But you wouldn't know that this was a sci-fi game if you didn't watch the intro. It would just be like this is Earth at some I mean, it, indeterminate it, it, point it, it, in the future. Yeah, that yes, I agree. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I wouldn't even call it a sci-fi game. It's just sort of a futurist. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not that far off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we did get a question uh, this week from a uh, listener. Okay. Uh, this question comes in from, um, I can't remember who this actually comes in from. Uh, you don't want an anonymous guy asking you a question. Well, it's funny because I copy and pasted his name, but uh, Discord turned it into a random string of uh, numbers. Just pronounce it exactly the way it's written. 407-186684669853697 probably You probably just gave this guy's like, uh, MasterCard. That's, a, that's uh, his social yeah. security number and his credit cards yeah. all in one. 
He says, I have a question for the podcast. Should be you be stuck for things to talk about? I think this is either Duncan Styles or Pac Billy. Okay. One of the two. They may be the same guy. True. As somebody who was new to the Amiga when the podcast started, I wonder oh. what your thoughts are now. So this is for me, not for you, obviously. We know that a lot of the games have underwhelmed you, but what about the system overall now that you've had a chance to use it for productivity, etc.? Does Amiga OS impress? Would you have liked to have one back in the day? Well, I will give you a caveat of this answer because I still have not used a real Amiga for any extensive amount of time. And that is one of the things that makes this system so hard for me to get into. Because we started out with, uh, you know, I had the 500 here. Yeah. And in the early, early days of the show, we were, we were using, well, it didn't work. <laughs> so that was a strike against it. Then when we got it working, we, we were using a scan doubler to, uh, to make things happen. And tell them what happened to that. And that blew up. Uh-huh. How'd it blow up? Uh, I think I killed it. Yes. Uh, and then we started using a cockamamie scheme where I got that GBS 8200 board and you wired up the SCART to uh, RGB cable. So we were going SCART to VGB, uh, RGB, that was, that was then, then into this arcade board, then yeah, out into a flat panel monitor. That was a glorious disaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... The, That's when you blew it up. This is what I like. I like being able to sit down in front of a computer, flip a switch, and go. The Amiga is just not that easy under its current configuration. That, that, that The 500 is just not that easy. That's true. Um, I'm looking forward to if if we get um, you know if Jason is able to work his his magic and somehow fix the uh, the house 600 that Gary Hucker sent the us pal. the pal yeah. 600. He's gonna run his mind. Um, I would love to really spend some time with the OS poking around you know with a, get, a, get a hard disk image you know look around see what the I do a video on the word processor just to see what it looked like you know. Um, I, I'm eager to dig into it. It's just, it's got to be something that's more plug and play than our original. This for the man thing. who's got a, Z, a ZX Spectrum wired up over here. The ZX Spectrum works with the push of a button. Here's here's the situation. I'm going to, I'm just going to jump in for a minute. Okay. Boat has been snake bitten. Uh, we, and anyone here that's in the States or in, or in Canada can understand uh, the, the, the fact that we don't have SCART is a major pain in the butt when it comes to dealing with these European uh, systems. For you guys, a simple SCART cable, wham, bam, bob is your uncle. Over here, and especially with the 500 and the god-awful uh, video-out box, mm-hmm. which are was just the dirt worst, uh, uh, They it makes it more difficult if you have a 500 to get a proper signal out to a television without the box. Right, and we didn't have a monitor for the 500. That's right. And yeah. so we've had just, and it really didn't leave a bad taste in your mouth, I know, because yeah. we had so much trouble. And then once you did finally get it work, and then Boat had to play everything off discs because the 500 doesn't have an IDE interface. Mm-hmm. And we didn't have any money to, at the time especially, we didn't have any money to put any, uh, to put any gizmos in it to mm-hmm. make it work. I've been fortunate that I've got a, a 1200, now I've got a, uh, we've been gifted 600 and some other stuff. We've been very lucky. Uh, and our, and uh, a big thank you to everyone that's helped us out. Absolutely. Uh, and so I have, I'm sitting pretty. Uh, and I do have an Amiga 600. And by the way, I've, I've offered to, in fact, I thought Bo was just going to take it. In fact, I think you did have the 600 brief. I had it for a while, and then I realized what what we're talking about. It's like, I've got the 600, it's working, it's working, but it's not PAL. And so I'm not going to be... And that's yeah. that's the other problem is that when you, to, to especially when you're trying to do some sort of production, it's, mm-hmm. it's a real difficult issue when yeah. you're trying to get everything to work out right. 
Uh, I promised both <clears throat> after the last Amigathon that I by next year I would have an Amiga that could play everything and that we could output consistently to video. Right. And so that's my plan. Uh, but I think if you had a <clears throat> excuse me, if you had a system like that, you would be less likely to have trouble. Uh, it's been. Uh, uh, it's just. And anyone, anyone uh, that is in the states knows this computer wasn't made for us. I mean, mm -hmm. effectively, all the software is European. And it's, I, mean, I still have trouble with it to this day. Even in emulation, it's a, it's a hassle sometimes. And so it's a, it's a thing you have to deal with. Uh, and, uh, the Amiga, just by its nature, emulating it is a, is a, is a hassle too, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, it works, but when you're trying to stream with stuff like WinUAE or, or it just uh, it doesn't play well with the software. It doesn't work well yeah. with the stream stuff. I mean, you can do it, but it's not easier, you know, to do. Really, stuff like the company or uh, what's the other emulator you use? Uh, uh, FSUAE. Those are a little more tolerant of right. streaming, but but it's still it's still not great. So I mm. guess to answer for boat, <laughs> I think he would have a better. I think he would be, be more fond of the system if he had. Not had so many bad experiences with actually getting one up to use on his own because he loves the Spectrum and it was the Spectrum once he got this new monitor, which we didn't have back in the day. Yeah, right. If we'd now, had, now we're laughing. We've got a PAL monitor, so yeah. I can play it on a CRT. It's the right aspect ratio. Everything's ready. Conditions are perfect. Yeah, and it's so, Tuesday night. Conditions so if, are perfect. If if uh, if uh, Jason can have any luck with the six hundred, or I've got some stuff working on mine which I've told you about. But hopefully we'll have something that you could play consistently along with a with a hard drive and everything. Right. You don't have to worry. Right. But Absolutely. I'm, I'm, my problem is I'm have, I've got a 600 that works, but no, I can't get any memory expansions to work on the on the expansion slot. So they're old. Yeah. No sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Duncan and or Pack Billy, for writing in. Um, we appreciate, it. and you can always send us a question either on Discord or um, on, uh, you can just send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com. You know, I use just, I, I use some of that um, applications like word processors stuff mm -hmm. back in the day. They work great. Yeah. When you come out of DOS, uh, this was way better. Mm -hmm. Now, both comes from a Mac background. It may not be as impressive well, that's, for you. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the Amiga handles things like font scaling and stuff that the Apple really shined at. And maybe the Amiga does too. I'm looking forward to doing some comparisons. And maybe I'll break out the Mac Plus and we'll do some side-by-side -side stuff too. So Neat. Good idea, Boat. Yeah. Um, Aaron, it's been a while. It's been a while since I... Uh, Go ahead. Since I discussed uh, Patreon and all its benefits. Mm -hmm. um, if you like the show and you listen to us every week, um, you can support the show easily with just a dollar a month. Uh, you get all kinds of benefits. You get access to our Discord server. Where, yeah, where we're, we we talk all the time. You get you get access to really cool like when Aaron runs across random bundles of Amiga software. All that stuff gets first dibs to the Discord. Let, Discord let's face facts: the Discord people are all more cool and interesting than I am. Oh yeah, that much said. Uh, uh, you have access to all them as well, not right. just me and you. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's such a great community. I know that we're planning a big get-together for Amiga Ireland this year. Uh, the uh, the Norway uh, Amiga group is well represented on the uh, on the Discord. So it's a great way to meet people and really get to know them. You know, these days with social media, there's all kinds of groups. You know, there's all kinds of Amiga groups. There's all kinds of Amiga forums. But 
you don't really, they don't foster the same sense of community as forums did back in the day. And this is oh, sort of bringing it back because it is a limited group of people and you do, I mean, it is chat in real time. So it's, it feels different and it feels better and in we a ever, good way. I don't think I've ever seen anyone fight about anything ever. No, no. Just, even, everyone is super duper friendly. They are. And they're, I'm not just saying that. I mean, I'm serious. They're very, very nice folks. I'm the most unfriendly one because I'll fight occasionally. I just, I just start <laughs> fights. But. Yeah. So anyway, and of course, you know, if you want to go beyond and give us a dollar an episode at $4 a month, you get your name in the Patreon supporter song and uh, oh. on the uh, official Amigo supporters shirt. So uh, and uh, as coming this fall. Well, no, well, there's one. There's one right now. But I mean the new one. And the new one is coming in 2020 because oh, I do a different right. one every year. That's sort of like the fall. Yeah, yeah. The fall but of the year. what you can do is you can get on board now, get the tw- the 2019 shirt and get the 2020 shirt. What we should do is the 2019 ones. If anyone adds in, we should just get a one of those gold pins. That's true. Just write it in there. Um, there's also awesome swag you can get if you are a Amigo supporter for more than four months, which means uh, by December, which means you got to get on board in August. Um, you get a official Amigo supporters magnet for the year. Those are great. Yeah. Also from Jonas, they're awesome. And of course, the ultimate honor is to be a member of the Amigos Game Selection Committee and actually help choose the games that we play every week. That's run by our commissioner, Pixels at Dawn. Uh, Every week, there is a discussion and vote on uh, what game we should play that week. So, um, you know, we need you. Yeah, I'm in. Yeah, they would love to have some fresh, some fresh voices. I'm sure we need uh, we need some some as many perspectives as we can. There, you might have a favorite game that we've never heard of, and we love to dig into and eventually so. it will probably get picked yeah you know so yeah. i mean if there's a game you're like man why don't these jerks cover you know blah 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 mr nuts or yeah. whatever which we you know you'll probably get it on if you ever something you dying to hear there you go yeah yeah and of course you also get the official amigos game selection committee magnet uh in december sort of a christmas present uh for 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 your, all your efforts um but the real the real stars of the show the real best thing about this thing is getting mentioned in the supporter song. Oh, man. Last week's supporter song was Bohemian Rhapsody by Elton John. I mean, Queen. Um, did, you ever, did you ever hear his version of that? Did Elton John really do it? He At the at the Freddie Mercury tribute show. Oh, him and Axel. That yeah, was, I, was, I forgot about that. That was an abomination. <laughs> that whole show was hideous. <laughs> Except for basically, there were three things about that show that were tolerable. Bowie, Didn't Bowie recite Bowie the Lord's and, Prayer? David Bowie and Annie Legs did it did it under pressure. Mm-hmm. Which George, Bowie was featured on the real song. And George so. Michael came out and blew everyone away with uh, somebody to love. I mean, and this guy was that. Well, he's he's a yeah. He's got pipes. George well, Michael. He did. He did. Of but this and, and it's a, that's a sad thing. Yeah. Of course, Bowie's got to. George and I was never a huge George when I liked him. Mm-hmm. This guy was the man. He had a set of pipes. You're not kidding, buddy. He and I've got a couple of his albums actually. I mean, and he started off that wham stuff mm-hmm. that's real. It's kind of poppy it's beneath him. Yeah. I mean, this guy should have been a much bigger deal in the states. He was a. We knew him. Mm-hmm. I don't know how big he was in, in huge. I'm assuming huge. But yeah. I mean, this guy was, a, and he came out on stage and t- went to work. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, that show was just absolute dreck. <laughs> it was horrible. I watched it live. Mm. Carry on. Um, so uh, we have uh, some winners here. We've got Edvin Helland. And uh, welcome home, Edvin. Edvin just returned from his mandatory Norwegian five-week vacation. I wonder I how guess. that was compared to your trip to Delaware. Oh, well, you know. it's 
I saw all, 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 I, all I can say is Edwin was like, "Yeah, I'm here camping. I'm getting ready to go over to the lodge where there's beer. There was yeah. no there was no beer or lodge beer in Delaware. Is beer and for like relaxation, banned in Delaware. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pixels at Dawn got this one right. Gary Heather, Jason Warrens, and Pack Billy. Pack Billy wrote in with a little trivia. You know, two weeks ago I did that Sixpence None the Richer song. Yeah. And he said, that "Kiss me." Is that what you? Yeah, did? kiss me. Yeah. He says, "I actually have a connection to Sixpence None, the richer founder and author of Kiss Me, Matt Slocum. Yeah, he he plays cello for the Nashville-based post-rock band whose manager I do a lot of work for." Wait a minute, a dude wrote "Kiss Me." Yeah, that really changes the tone of that song. Oh, you can't, you can't, you got to change your whole daydream situation yeah, that's there. Not that, yeah. Um, That's kind of neat. Yeah, and he's not he's not done. We were talking about Woody Allen last episode. Yeah, he said I also have a, something of connection to Woody Allen. I know his ex sister in law Prudence, Mia's sister, and the subject of the Beatles, Dear Prudence. She was very nearly my landlord. Wow. I actually drove down last summer to feed their cats while they were visiting relatives out who, west. Who is this? This is Pac Billy. Man, this guy. He's done it all. He's done it all. Unbelievable. By the way, you know, you were right. I have not seen Manhattan. Yeah. How did I miss that? I don't know. It's a good one. I like it. I'm on it. All right. This week, I'm going to do a little something different with the supporter song. It's going to be melodic, well thought out, and beautiful? Well, it's up to you because you're going to whisper in my ear what you think I should sing for the Patreon song. Oh, man. I'm going to ruin Live you. and on camera. I, I don't know. I don't I'm you gotta sure. think of something fast. No, I've got one, but okay. I don't know if you can sing. All right, you know hit, me. hit me. Let me take my mic off. Oh, yeah, yeah. It. Let me take my mic off, too. What if I wrote it on. Oh, no, I just did this. Yeah, write it on your phone. Okay. That's, right. that's better. Play the play the, the play some intermission music. I don't think you've done this. I hope not. My God. Okay, stop with the music. Ignore all this. Ignore this lunch order. <laughs> I'm gonna sing hot ham and cheese. Okay, this is a lunch. Oh, okay. You're already giving right. it away. And then uh, the the song will be, and I'm not gonna write it all. I've already done that. Okay, okay. I got another one. Maybe. I don't know that one. Okay, I got another one. Okay. Uh. uh let me think. Let me think of another one here. You're killing me here. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch base. Ignore okay, that one. Okay. Let's go to this, and we're gonna go. Uh... Have you done that? All right, got it. Bam. I'm giving you a softball here, boat. You are. You are. Right. Here we go. I know this one. Decker three, put Gary Heather, free lunch Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, Craig McClellan, 10 Minute Amiga, Retrocast, Counting Virtual Sheep, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nims, Matthew Larimore, Andy Craig, Shonzo, Darren Lomax, Colin 419, Bark, Bit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan, Ross Leaf, Kellan, Alan Cub, Bob, Chekote, 
Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy Figures, CDZ, The Slow Norris, Death Forward Sorgord Martinson, Edvin Hell and Blinder 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Laurent Giroux, Graham Vipke, Lane Denson, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro Vintage, Gary Huck, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Doug Styles, Tapes from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Roll at THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humberstead, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Jason, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. That's got, everyone's got to get that one. Yeah, I hope so. It was so good. I should have picked up something much more diabolical. Well, guess what? Yeah. Starting with next week, yeah. you're going to be choosing the songs. You're getting awful brave, Mister. I'm going to do this on the fly without any thought before thought. That's how. That's how we do it. That's okay, the best that way to do it. Great. I'll go pick the crap out of some songs. All right. So, Aaron, next week we are going to play Dogfight One Versus One and Jump and Roll. That's right. It's PD Week here on the Amigos Everything Amiga Podcast. Public Domania. Seven, <laughs> bigger, <Right>. better, better. <laughs> the now we played dogfight. We played dogfight on the both, last Amigathon. We, we gave both these a whirl, and I think we did jump and roll two years ago on the Amigathon. Oh boy, yeah. the Amigathon exposes some of this new stuff. That's right. Or, That's well, right. Not that new, is it? <laughs> Sounds good to me. 